Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 427. Through my bones, everything seemed to be moving a little more slowly than normal. The mayor seemed eager for his medicine today, I said, taking extra care to speak clearly. I'm afraid I don't have much time to chat. I was in no condition to play the half-wit gentry for any length of time. Codicus nodded seriously and retreated to his work table. I followed him as I always did, wearing my best curious expression. I watched with half an eye as Codicus mixed the medicine, but my wits were fuddled by the laudanum, and what remained were focused on other matters. The mayor was hardly speaking to me, Stapes hadn't trusted me from the beginning, and the flits were healthy as ever. Worst of all, I was trapped in my rooms while Denna waited down on Tinnery Street, no doubt wondering why I hadn't come to visit. I looked up, aware that Codicus had asked me a question. Beg your pardon? Could you pass me the acid? Codicus repeated as he finished measuring out a portion of leaf into his mortar and pestle. I picked up the glass decanter and began to hand it to him before I remembered I was just an ignorant lordling. I couldn't tell salt from sulfur. I didn't even know what an acid was. I did not flush or stumble. I didn't sweat or stutter. I am edema born and even drugged and fuddled. I am a performer down to the marrow of my bones. I met his eyes and asked, This one, right? The clear bottle comes next? Codicus gave me a long, speculative look. I flashed him a brilliant grin. I've got a good eye for detail, I said smugly. I've watched you go through this twice now. I bet I could mix the mayor's medicine myself if I wanted to. I pitched my voice with all the ignorant self-confidence I could muster. This is the true mark of nobility. The unshakable belief that they can do anything. Tan leather, shoe a horse, spin pottery, plow a field. If they really wanted to. Codicus looked at me a moment longer, then began to measure out the acid. I dare say you could, young sir. Three minutes later, I was walking down the hall with the warm vial of medicine in my sweaty palm. It almost didn't matter whether I'd fooled him or not. What mattered was that for some reason, Codicus was suspicious of me. Stapes stared daggers into my back as he let me into the mayor's rooms, and Alvarin ignored me as I poured the new dose of poison into the flit's feeders. The pretty things hummed about their cage with infuriating energy. And that's the end of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. I'm so stressed. <laughs> I can't <laughs> handle this page. Yeah, well, it, you know, it's rare that Quoth makes such a blunder. Although, I feel like he covers for it pretty convincingly. I think he's high and he goes, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, right? Like, when you're drunk, you often think that, like, oh, yeah, no one, no one here knows I'm drunk. Whereas, like, it's obvious to everybody that you are. Um, yeah, so when you're high, you're like, everyone knows I'm high, but actually nobody does. Or everyone, depending on how high you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's, that is, like, a big state of mind difference between those two things. So I, I cannot deny that it is possible that Kvothe thinks that he nailed it when, in fact, he did not. Um, and, like, this page is written in such a way that you can read them both ways, right? Like, the, like there isn't a lot to tell us for sure one way or the other. Because when Kataka says... I bet you could, young sir. You know, maybe he's being obsequious to a upjumped lordling, or maybe he is being shady. Like, yes, I bet you could, you secret arcanist piece of shit, trying to horn into my scam here, you bastard. Yes, there's lots of good potential subtext. Mm-hmm. My favorite. 
I have to say, I really love the last couple of pages, the way Quoth has been uh, throwing shade at the Flits who will not die. <laughs> when he says things like they're flitting around their cage with their infuriating energy, those little bastards. <laughs> or when he like resists an urge to knock the cage out of it in the previous page. I think that's very funny. I mean, his anger is not necessarily directed at the Flits themselves, simply that he wants them to do something. Well, you know, it, it's just funny because they're beautiful and innocent and both is uh, furious at them for living. <laughs> yeah, it's like being angry at a puppy. Yeah. A puppy that you're poisoning. Mm-hmm. And that Slowly. won't die. Yeah. Um, I have a, th- a thought about why Codicus is now um, suspicious. And it's what we'll talk about tomorrow because Quoth discovers that Stapes has been visiting with Codicus. The conclusion that Quoth jumps to, and that I think the reader is meant to jump to at this time, is that Quoth and Codicus, sorry, Stapes and Codicus are in cahoots, but I'm inclined to believe that Stapes is uh, is innocent and genuinely loves the mare, and that Codicus is now suspicious of uh, Quoth because Stapes has gone to Codicus saying, I think this guy is trying to poison the mare, can you help me? And Codicus goes, oh, yes, I'll definitely help you. Hmm, we already got one poisoner. This guy must be suspicious. And he's pumping me for information, so I have to up my game. So I think that we are meant to suspect Stapes for a time, but it's the opposite, where Stapes is innocent and is going to the person that he trusts and has for a long time, Codicus, uh, for help with this person that he thinks the mayor trusts. Yeah, I suppose Stapes is never there watching the mayor being not super trusty of Quoth. So he thinks that the mayor trusts him more than the mayor does. Exactly. And the mayor hasn't told Stapes that the birds are being poisoned, right? If they had told Stapes earlier, this would have all been avoided. See, I I think it's also possible that, like, I think you're right that that, that Stapes is going... To Codicus because he he's suspicious of Quoth and needs he thinks he needs Codicus's help. But if Codicus is not a real arcanist and is not deliberately poisoning the mayor and is a dupe, but he's a clever enough con man to have gotten to where he is, then he is still gonna be like, let's see how good this guy really is. Is he a poisoner? Does he know how to make a thing? Does he know to hand me acid when I ask him? You know, that could be what's happening too. But I think that every time Quoth is out of the room, Stapes is whispering to the mayor, like, why do you trust that guy? He's like, you you looked like dog shit ever since he showed up. What's going on? Yeah, you're probably right. And the mayor probably also trusts Stapes and is beginning to sour on Quoth, not just because the birds are apparently not dying, but because Stapes hates him so much and is so suspicious of him. Mm-hmm. I find nothing to disagree with here. We have another letter here. Mailbag. This letter is from Often Nathan, who writes, Apologies and crockeries. Greeting, Jerdan Nick. I must start with my apologies to Nick and Jeremy. I assure you, I know which of you is which voice, but in my haste, I ascribed Nick's name to Jeremy's belief and received a deserved reproach from Nick. Well, as we discussed, it's easy to mistake the voices, so you are absolved. Tildebrand. Now we are in the mayor's court, Now that we are at the mayor's court, there seem to be new vigor in Nick's theories. Evidence supporting the theory that Brayden is Master Ash, Codicus may be framed or duped into the mayor's poisoning, Mellow and Lackless may be behind the poisoning. 
I truly enjoy hearing all the machinations you have researched or derived, even if I feel their plausibility range from concrete to possible to eye-rolling. As you were reading the interaction with Brayden's introduction and his tax session with Quoth, I heard myself devising my own connections that I hadn't heard before and would like to hear your takes. Quoth catches himself smiling in return of Brayden's smile. This would be easy to pass off as nothing if it hadn't happened twice. It is commonly thought Denna implants thoughts or feelings into others using the magic of Yelish knots. I may not be remembering this correctly, but I thought we were first aware of Denna's use of Yelish knots after she found her patron, Master Ash. Could Brayden have some sort of embroidery or brocade in his clothing that conjures Quoth's reactions beyond his control or reasoning? Brocade is clearly in fashion because Quoth's clothes provided by the mayor include the decorative work on them, but the description of Brayden's clothes is very brief and lacking in detail to elevate this thought to a theory. My second thought surprised even myself, as I haven't been a fan of the time loop theory, but found evidence in the friendship between Quoth and Brayden. A young high school-aged musician becomes friends with an eccentric white-haired man that bends the rules of society to achieve his goal and is rumored to be messing with dark forces. I find the similarities to Marty McFly and Doc Brown striking. Okay, that one is firmly on the eye roll end of the spectrum or time travel confirmed. You make the choice. Until the next pot cracks, signed Austin Nathan. That was an amazing letter. Can it be both eye rolling and... And the other option? Can, it, can both of those things be the, true? This podcast yeah, is fast. Totally, it yeah. can contain multitudes. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm not seriously proposing the time loop theory, but maybe? What if? Perhaps? As a joke? Quoth, Quoth, uh, I'm yourself from the future. I gotta play this board game with you, Quoth. It's gonna be re- really important in like 20 years, Quoth. <laughs> yeah t- it's, it's kind of a last starfighter situation where uh the being the best attack is what's going to save the world that's right um i have no further things me either wondrous so, why don't we time loop our way into tomorrow's episode of page of the, the- win, win. win.